Well, <laughs> good morning. It's 5.07. It's the 28th. We're getting closer to October. We got a mess headed over to Florida right now. We're going to be talking a little bit about that this morning. I, I want to thank Dennis and, uh, and, and, and the vampire in the afternoon. Anybody named Blood has got to be a vampire. And uh, right, yeah, right? pretty much. He yeah. sounds good, by the way. Yeah, thank you. He's doing yeah. a good job, man. Yeah. He really is. Christian, right? Christian yes. Blood. Blood. Yes. yes. I just like that. Is his real name like Benny Farbabowicz or something? No, is that's that... actually his real name. Oh, get out of here! You stop that. No, that... it is. You're I... screwing with me now. Imagine, imagine being in my position, seeing that application come in to yeah. fill the spot, and have that be the actual oh, name. Like, no. I mean, come on, I, I gotta, I gotta bring him on. Is that what he put up when he said when he filled out the form? Because I know it's got to be something I, like I asked Benny Farbabowicz. I asked him know? the same thing, and he said, "No, that's my birth that's... name." And I said, "I'm so disappointed." because it's a great radio name. That's yeah. serious, man. That's great. So wow. Christian blood by birth. Yeah, that's very cool, man. I so like that a lot. I feel left out because you got Captain Morgan in the morning and then Christian blood in the afternoon. Oh, uh, you need a name. I need a name. Uh, let's see. We'll come up, we'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. It's got to be race car related, though, Probably. because you are the only other person in this building pays any attention to what goes on in automobile <laughs> racing. You know, he, Jimmy asked me over here a minute ago. He said uh, I, he was talking about gambling and all this other mm -hmm. stuff and how much money he's lost, this, that, because these, uh, these soccer teams get to him. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a degenerate gambler. Yeah, all right. Uh -huh. So uh, <laughs> he's, I said, well, you don't want to know. I said, that's your golfing. That's your boat. That's mm -hmm. what you do for your sure, yeah. for your entertainment. And he said, yeah, uh, Mr. NASCAR. And I said, you don't want to know what I spent my first year in NASCAR racing. And he said, 20000 I went, <laughs> He said, I wish. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a weekend of tires, man. Yeah. That's what that is right Good there. Lord, that's expensive sport. Uh, it's, yeah. it's insane. So anyway, uh, you and Captain and, and, and the Vampire in the Afternoon, y'all aren't going with this whole American media narrative out there that DeSantis hasn't done anything and that Florida's not prepared. This is what the American media is playing up out there right now. Florida's not prepared for this hurricane that's coming in. The governor, Governor DeSantis, hasn't done a thing to get Florida ready. Blah, 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 stinking blah. Because, of course, he's running in 2024 against their boy. Whoever their boy is going to be, they're running. He's running, right? So they've got this narrative going out there. And he called them on it yesterday. He went full-on Donald Trump fake news, man. Stop it. He said, quit it. He said, these people, you can come after me hard, man, all day long. You can come after me. This is Governor DeSantis. Come after me hard all day long. But these people you see lined up behind me, they represent thousands upon thousands of people across the state who have been busting their butts for over two weeks as soon as we heard that there might even possibly be a storm before it was even a named storm they started to get ready and these people have been busting their butts working their butts off if you want to come after me that's fine i'm a political figure but these people back here are working and they don't deserve that that's what you call mic drop just drop the mic so they have been working. They are as ready as you're going to get in Florida. Again, last night, and Jimmy, if you follow Florida Governor DeSantis on IG, there's good sound there from his official site, and you're, you're allowed to use it. So go right ahead. We Let can me, pull some of that sound and use some of that. We'll try to find that. Yeah. So uh, he had another press conference last night saying, this is it, man. You need to, if you've, if you've been told to evacuate, if you are in the eye, in the way of this thing, you need to get out. A couple of days ago, I was telling you that I thought this thing was going to take a little bit of a right-hand turn, and indeed, it's done that. So it looks more like a Fort Myers storm than it does a Tampa storm. The, the whole state's going to rain. The whole state's going to rain. Disney has closed for the next two days. I know that because my wife and my granddaughters were headed out there tonight. <laughs> Obviously, they're not going to go. Uh, but, uh, yes, uh, Disney's going to be closed tonight, uh, or, or, yeah, today and tomorrow. <clears throat> we'll see about Friday because they're expecting the possibility of 15 inches of rain in the Orlando area. But uh, throughout the entire state, it's going to rain. It's going to rain hard. And we'll be in touch with people out there. First of all, I've got a real good brother in the Tampa area that I met actually on a flight to Florida one time, and we're motorcycle and race car friends, and he's going to join me this morning. He's not a radio guy. He's just a guy who lives there who has spent the past week prepping with he and his lovely wife, Hope, getting ready. So we're going to hear from him in about a half hour. And then, of course, every uh, Wednesday at 635, we visit 
with John Hayward from Breitbart.com. There's a lot of stories to talk with John about today, and we will, but John lives in Florida. So we will definitely talk about this with him and be ready for that. Uh, the president said something yesterday that was really stupid and nutty, but that's, you know, we expect that out of him at this point, stupid and nutty. But what he said was, <clears throat> if you're in a state where hurricanes strike like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, a vital part of preparing for your hurricane is to be vaccinated against COVID. The number one thing, according to Biden, that you need to do to prepare is not, you know, get water and get food and get out or, or you know, board up your home or any of those. If you have a hurricane coming, Biden says you need to run down and get vaccinated against COVID. All right, go ahead. Did you did you have something to play for me? Okay. Um, Let me be clear. Yeah. If you're in a state where hurricanes often strike like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Good old num nuts there. I'll tell you, man, he just, he, you know, he, he, he is the greatest source of material for me and for Sean and for the three guys in the middle of the day that just they're, they're killing it. They're knocking out of the ballpark. In the afternoon with Jack, you know, th this is just the greatest time to be a radio talk show host because you've got a constant wellspring of of material, and, and this is it right here. So the DeSantis folks, <clears throat> his team answered that last night by saying, we will not discriminate against you based on your VAX status. We are going to serve everyone in the state of Florida regardless of your vaccination status. It doesn't matter if you've been vaccinated or not. When you come to the shelter or when you seek emergency aid or anything like that that you're going to need to get through this hurricane, your vaccination status is not going to matter regardless, regardless of what old Joe has to say. Now, Joe did pledge to be the president of all Americans and unity and all that when he gave his uh, world-class inauguration speech, but he refused to talk with Governor DeSantis. He talked to several of the mayors throughout Florida, but he would not talk with Governor Ron DeSantis until the heat got turned up too hot by Peter the Deuce Ducey, and he finally did call Ron DeSantis last night. Driving in this morning, listening to our station, ABC's lead story at 2 a.m. from Richard Cantu. The J6 Oath Keeper trial starting today that may send him away for life. As Donald Trump was trying to prevent Joe Biden from assuming the office of the presidency, the Oath Keepers raided and poured into the Capitol. And one of them goes on trial today, and he may go away forever. That was the lead story on ABC, while Hurricane Ian is now getting ready to bash Florida. Number two story. Joe Biden has assets in place to protect Florida from Ian. <laughs> it's just insane to hear what the media is doing and to hear what the Democrats are doing. The Democrats are now out with their talking points, and Amy Klobuchar was on MSNBC's Morning Joe, and she said, listen, if you want to keep these hurricanes from coming ashore, if you want to keep these hurricanes from America, make sure you elect Democrats in the midterms. We've got to win this. As that hurricane bears down on Florida, we have to win the midterms because Democrat policies would help prevent extreme weather. The Democrats are going to stop hurricanes if you elect them in November. Uh, I'll give you a minute. We'll take a break, and I'll give you a minute, because I'm thinking you just spit coffee all over the place. I got better chances of winning my gambling bets 
than the Democrats stopping weather. <laughs> yes, you do. The Democrats elect Democrats in November, and they'll stop the hurricanes. Well, thank God. There you go. Remember, Obama promised to stop the rise of the seas. That's what he said. I thank you tonight. The seas will stop rising. That was on election night when he won the first term. Now, the Democrats are saying they're going to stop hurricanes. <laughs> Oh, you got to love them, man. Oh, no. That's clearly a call. Desperation, right? Desperation on their part. No, hey, listen. It's not about the economy. It's not about the open border. It's not about crime. No, we're going to stop those hurricanes. Back in a minute. Trey Ware, KTSA. It's a 522, 550 KTSA, FM 1071, the Trey page, KTSA.com. I've told you before that several years ago, Nancy and I were uh, making a trip out to Florida to visit our son. And the guy who rode in the same aisle with us on the airplane has now become a lifelong brother. We're motorcycle friends, we're racing friends, we're everything, and we're brothers. And his name is Ross Alexander. He lives in Florida in the uh, Tampa area. And I wanted to have him on this morning to see how things are now and see what's going on so brother rooster how are you i'm doing good brother how you doing today i'm all right good to have you man um where exactly are you guys in relation to say tampa and that area we are almost directly between tampa and orlando we're in lakeland so lakeland's kind of the central hub right there on i-4 okay and so you're but what uh, probably i guess 30 minutes from tampa and 30 minutes from from orlando then kind of right in the middle exactly okay yep yep we're right in the middle all right so we got a pretty good idea where you guys are and when i contacted you a few days ago you were actually in north carolina in uh, farm yeah. aid and then you came home to yep. get ready so tell us what things are like there and what's going on uh actually it's not too too bad so far right now we've gotten since about it started raining steady about 6 p.m. yesterday afternoon and it's been uh we've only gotten maybe an inch and a half of rain so far winds have been uh, moderate uh, 10 to 15 miles per hour but uh it is it is expected to obviously deteriorate from this point forward so in the next 24 hours it will be uh, will be a, a telltale of uh whether or not we'll be able to drive out of our neighborhood <laughs> yeah right we uh we've been watching of course the track on this thing and it was headed right at you guys and there was a lot of concern about storm surge that would be drug on on shore but now it looks like it's going to go in maybe a little bit further south in the fort myers area you've been down in florida for a long time uh can you describe the the fort myers area for us and what it's like down there you know the the, the whole west coast of florida is very similar uh in it, it you know to each other so the fort myers area is um it is a heavy beach area. I mean, there's a lot of beach activity. Uh, it's a very touristy area. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there in the Charlotte Harbor and that area because that, that area is not high land. So if they're looking at a 12-foot uh, I mean, storm surge, they're going to have some, uh, some major water damage. The guy who used to own this radio station for a long time, Bernie Waterman, uh, moved from Massachusetts down to Fort Myers, and they – built a, a home, a really nice home, out on, I guess, some islands or some barrier islands or keys that are offshore. Do you know anything about all those out there? It's probably, it may be in the, uh, like, the Sanibel Island area. Okay. Sanibel Island um, is, uh, it's, it is an island out on its own, um, and it's it's absolutely beautiful property out there. I, could, I can't imagine what they're going to go through during this. The, the The issue that I could see is, Everybody in the Tampa Bay area was becoming, you know, was prepping, was getting ready for this. And it seemed like for the longest time, uh, the direction was into Tampa Bay. So the the outlying areas, you know, kind of dismissed it. And then at the last minute, here we are, it's turning, you know, to the east. And I just hope those people down in that area are uh, well prepared. Yeah. Um, You've been through storms before. How many of these can you guesstimate you've been through? Oh gosh! <laughs> Too many to count. Uh, yeah, we we went. I know uh, back when uh, Hurricane Charlie and all them came through, we had three of them in one year. So um, it's been, I mean, probably at least uh, half a dozen, six, seven. Wow! Um, and you guys pretty much know what to do, how to prepare for all this, right? You boarded up, you got the food, you got the water, and all that stuff, huh? 
Yes, yeah, we uh, we we do a pretty good job of staying prepared. I mean, I don't want to yeah. be the person that's uh, that's having to run to the store and buy plywood on the last day. So um, we we stay stocked up on propane. We stay stocked up on freeze dried foods and and waters and you know everything that that we need just to maintain if the power goes out or yeah. if we have issues. So. Well, and you always have a home here. You know that. <laughs> you have several yeah, homes here. You know that. Several. I know where you live. That's right. <laughs> You've been here before. Um, okay, one one final thing. I'm a big fan of Ron DeSantis. Uh, he, I, I've been started years ago calling him my president. I'm looking forward to you know 2024. <laughs> I'm just that way. Um, what yep. What do you think about his leadership so far in this? Uh, from From afar, from here, looks like he's doing a really good job. But what do you think? I think he's fantastic. I think that, uh, um, I mean, the only way I know they were, there was a, a bunch of scuttle a while back about, you know, running for president mm-hmm. and such. And the, the only issue we would have then is thus is, is as the state of Florida, what are we going to do as right. a governor? You, right. know? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to lose the best thing we have going, yeah. you know, so that's where we're at. And of course the County we're in Polk County. So we have our sheriff, Grady Judd, um, and he is the next best thing out, you know. So, uh, and I don't know that he's at the, uh, he's in the place to uh, want to run for, a, you know, governor, governor, you know, governorship. So, but you know, hey, but yeah, I hope that DeSantis stays exactly where he is. <laughs> but he's done a good job with the storm. He's done a good job with this. With he, the storm, he absolutely has. Yeah. I think that the uh, the preparation um, over the last week or so, they've uh, really brought FEMA in. I think they've brought in. Um, some 20,000. Uh, the, the last I heard was like 20,000 linemen from other areas. 30,000 now. It's up to 30,000, yeah. Oh, is it 30,000 now? Now it is, yeah. Uh, originally, yeah, they had originally they had evacuated 300,000 off the coast of Pinellas County in that area, and that, that included my mother that lives over there in, in South Pasadena, uh, St. Pete area. And then now I've heard, you know, it's up like 2.5 million or something, but. Um, you know, I, I you know it's unfortunate because like I four has been completely backed up the last few days. Everybody leaving out of the Tampa Bay, uh, you know, Bradenton areas, heading to the east, and unfortunately that's where the storm's going. Right. So yeah. you, you know, so all those people are going to be um, wow, you know, yeah. packed into hotels. You know, watching a, a tropical storm come by. Hopefully, it's yeah. a tropical storm by the time it gets there. It's going across. It looks like now all this could change any minute now. But it looks like it's just going to go right across, right across Orlando, right across Cape. They pull the the um, Artemis off the off off the launch pad and they put it in okay. the in the barn uh, and go out into open water and then come back somewhere north Georgia and into Carolina, so South Carolina. So we'll see. All right, man, I got to let you go. Uh, you need anything? Yes, you holler at us. You know where to find us. Will do, brother. Love you guys. You too. See you soon. That's my friend, Rooster, Ross Alexander, and his beautiful wife, Hope, out in uh, in Florida. And, of course, thoughts and prayers for all of them there. And, again, next hour, we're going to speak with John Hayward, as we always do on Wednesdays. And we talk a lot of politics and all that kind of stuff, world events. And we'll do that again with him this morning. But he also is a Florida resident, so we're going to speak with him about that as well. Coming up, Trey Ware, KTSA. All right, 537 now. 550 KTSA FM 1071. The Trayware page at KTSA.com. Check that out over there as well. We're covering all the news for you this morning at 210-599-5555. There's Dennis, there's Jimmy T, and right over there is Elaine. Okay, so Friday night, 7 o'clock right here on KTSA. And thank you to KSAT Television. We are going to be bringing you the debate between Greg Abbott, Governor of Texas, and Robert Francis O'Rourke. So I got a question for Democrats. I got a question for those of you who are going to be voting for O'Rourke. Why? That's it. Why? 210-599-5555. Why do you like O'Rourke? What has he ever done? What has he ever done? Specifically. What has he done to earn the job of being governor of the great state of Texas? Specifically, what, uh, what what's on his resume? You know, basically an election is hiring somebody. That's what an election is. It's hiring somebody to do a job. They're not greater than us. They're not some high and mighty person that you know, put their pants on differently in the morning. It is, you know, it's not like when they stand up in the morning that angels appear and start singing, Oh, Gloria! It doesn't happen that way. You know what they do? They get up and they scratch and they start coffee. 
and they go to the bathroom, and they brush their teeth, same thing the rest of us do. But before we hire them to go into such a prestigious position as being governor and and take care of issues that need to be taken care of in the state of Texas, kind of like to know what they've done in the past. Dennis this morning was talking about you know our, our afternoon guy's resume, and I'm just curious. What's on O'Rourke's resume that has earned him the right or the, you know, uh, however you want to put it, the entree into being the governor of the greatest state in the uh, United States of America? 210-599-5555. I'm waiting for Democrats to call. You go to the head of the line. I'm just waiting for you to call and tell me why O'Rourke and why are you going to be voting for him? And I want specifics. I don't want this old namby-pamby stuff about, well, I just like the way he talks about blind squirrels because he saves their lives. No, 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 no. I want to talk issues, and I want to know what the issues are that are persuading you to vote for this guy. Because you know what? He is brain nothing. He's got nothing to bring to the table. He offers absolutely, because you, you better be ready when you call me, because he offers absolutely nothing to the state of Texas. He has no plan for the state of Texas that would, you know, make make us better, improve our lives here in the state of Texas. Um, he is a perennial candidate who lives off of donations of these people from outside of, of Texas who give him millions of dollars to run. And I'm going to tell you, that's what his candidacy is all about. His candidacy is about turning Texas blue. That's it. That's it. That's There's all it is. Nothing. And Sean and I asked each other this the other day, yesterday. What What is he bringing to the table to make the lives of Texans better? No, there's nothing. There's absolutely I nothing. I haven't heard anything. No. No. Nope. Ideology. Nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing there for and this guy. A caller called him a career <laughs> politician, and I said, "Well, you have to get elected to be a politician. He's just running for stuff." Right. And that's all he's ever done. And he does it outside, you know, primarily funded from outside the state of Texas. So what is it? 2105995. I didn't know y'all had that conversation yesterday over lunch. That's great. But I am just telling you, it's just it's, it's stupid. It's insane. So 2105995555. Meanwhile, down in Uvalde. Uh, speaking of KSAT, by the way, they're helping us out to carry that thing, right, Dennis? That's, they're, they're helping us with the feed on that for Friday night. That's great. It's 7 yeah. o'clock Friday night, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. I appreciate their help with that. Yes, absolutely. And i got to say, Lee Waldman over there, she's not long for San Antonio, okay? That girl is Fox News material. She's network material if she wants to get into that kind of mess. But she's not long for here because she's a class first-run news reporter. And uh, she's been covering this Uvalde stuff like nobody else has been doing. She's been doing a phenomenal job with Uvalde. And so she was down there yesterday, and uh, they, they're having this uh, parent protest in Uvalde that's going on right now. And i got to tell you, I, uh, look, I, I get it. I understand why they're protesting. Uh, the parents there have been saying to the school district and to their superintendent, Hal Harrell, those guys that went into that hallway – and stood in that hallway and did not respond while children were being shot and killed, and they hid down at the end of the hallway, hiding out so they didn't get killed. You know, it's okay for the kids to get killed, but we're going to hide out down here so we don't get shot at. Uh, they have, th- Nothing's been done to them. Nothing, not a thing. They haven't been suspended. You know, typically in law enforcement, suspended with pay, or in some cases, if it's egregious, suspended without pay, pending the outcome of an investigation and the best that they're doing in uvalde right now is saying well we have an investigation going on we've hired some dude out of uh, austin and he's looking into this so the parents have said you know i got my belly full of this this is ridiculous this is not gonna fly so they've set up a little thing out front of the offices there the superintendent's office uh, so that they can have a meeting with the superintendent because apparently according to them he's been ducking them and he ducked Lee Waldman yesterday. She called and went over to the door at 3.45 yesterday. Now, the offices are open from 9 to 5. No, uh-uh. There was nobody there to answer her call. There was nobody there to answer her knock on the door. Now, that's a member of the news media that has a question about the news, and they are a public servant. If you're on a school board or if you're the, pre- the superintendent of a school district, you're a public servant in an elected position. Part of your job, and indeed, Maybe the highest part of your job is responding when when your constituents want to know what's going on. 
And according to the people there in Uvalde, the parents there, and according to Lee Waldman over at KSAT, Hal Harrell is not responding. So Hal, get off your butt and respond to those parents. And uh, apparently he, he met with one of them and said, well, let's call the investigator uh, in, in Austin and let's get him on the line. And they put him on the line on the speakerphone while he stood there and they you know, the investigator said, "Well, I, I, I'm not going to do anything about suspending these guys. All I'm going to do is I'm just I'm I'm not here to meet out any punishment, and I don't expect any punishment to come. All I'm going to do is I'm just going to look into this. Just a bunch of BS. No, they should be suspended. This is typical protocol. They should be suspended pending the outcome of the investigation, which." is really kind of unnecessary because we all saw the video. We know what they did. They went in there, and they were chased down the hall because they heard a couple of gunshots, and they hid out around the corner for 77 minutes while children were being shot. So, for me, it moves beyond suspension. That's a firing offense right there. Everybody knows that's in that business, and we won't recap this. You heard all my thoughts on this when it happened. But everybody knows in that business your life is to be given in service to those who are being attacked. That's it. When you got an active shooter thing, particularly in a school, but anywhere, anywhere that's active shooter, but particularly in a school, when you go into that as law enforcement, you know that you might die because you got to get in harm's way and stop the man or the woman, whoever's doing the shooting. You got to stop the shooter. That's it. That's your job. Stop the shooter. And if you give up your life stopping the shooter, well, then you give up your life stopping the shooter. You don't hide out down the hallway while little children are on 911 saying, please come save us. You don't go hide out while little children are hollering, please come save us. And so these parents that are sitting in front of Hal Harrell's office, they're right. And they say they're not going to leave until those officers are suspended. So we'll see. Steve, go right ahead. You're on KTSA. Trey, thank you for taking my call. Uh, uh, at a barbecue a couple, three weeks back, and my son-in-law made the comment, imagine how they would have reacted had they been law enforcement officers inside those classrooms being shot mercilessly without without uh, being able to fight back or anything. Unarmed police officers being shot in a classroom, in Uvalde, imagine how law enforcement would have reacted had that been the case. But no, they were just small, unarmed little children. Yeah. Well, they need to be suspended or fired, and uh, the school district down there needs to respond. Steve, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Speaking of officers, wait until you hear the story about a state trooper in Fentanyl. That's coming up next. Trey Ware, KTSA. In Newsmaker Hotline. By the way, if you'd like to say the Pledge of Allegiance on our show, love to have you do so. All you got to do is record it, send it to me, Trey, T-R-E-Y, K-T-S-A dot com, Trey at K-T-S-A dot com. Just put it on your cell phone and send it right over to me, and we'll put you in our system, and you'll hear yourself saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Let's keep uh, the light of liberty uh, you know, glowing uh, brightly. Okay, so uh, latest update now. <clears throat> Hurricane Ian is now a Category 4. However, forecasters are saying that it's likely likely before it makes landfall to become a category five one of the worst storms to ever hit florida is hours away from making landfall right now the storm surge is predicted to be the deadliest part of the storm although those winds of more than 155 miles per hour close to the eye are going to be absolutely devastating for the people in the in the path of the hurricane which has now moved a little bit farther to the south something i was talking about a couple of days ago that it looked like because of weathering patterns throughout the country and that cold front that pushed through here that it might push that thing down a little bit further and instead of you know dead eye right into tampa now we're talking about between tampa and fort myers maybe right at sarasota somewhere along that that, that area they have islands out in the water on the west side uh, pretty much all of the western side of Florida is a beach. Had my friend Ross Alexander, who lives in Lakeland, Florida, which is halfway between Orlando and Tampa, and he was describing what the you know kind of the lay of the land there and how this is going to be a devastating storm for the beaches and for a lot of people who live along that area uh, because of the storm surge. They're they're telling them in Florida to prepare in those areas 
for 12 to 15 feet and a storm surge. And so that's the that's the big deal that they're going to be dealing with here. Um, okay, John Hayward is going to be with me at 635, 636 this morning. He always is. We talk about politics, but he lives there, so we're going to be talking with him uh, about that. Now, it went through Cuba and turned out all the power to Cuba. The island of Cuba has absolutely no power, none whatsoever. Uh, 140 mile per hour plus wind right now. Uh, they've got 17,000 in the state of Florida without power right now. Ron DeSantis has done a phenomenal job of getting ready for this. He has more than 30,000 line workers ready to work and get the power back on. That's going to be one of the biggest issues that Floridians are going to deal with. Uh, flights have been canceled. The airport into Orlando has been you know, shut down. Uh, many of those other airports throughout that area have also been shut down. So major flight delays around the country because people, you know, obviously those flights are being rerouted and canceled altogether. Uh, but also Disney World is uh, shut down in Orlando. The way this, uh, the, the you know, the track is right now, and this, you always have to say right now because these things can change on a dime, man. They can go wacko. <clears throat> but uh, it looks like Sarasota and then moves on up and makes a beeline pretty much for Orlando. And NASA has already taken that Artemis rocket down off the launch pad and brought it into the barn uh, to keep it from being knocked over by the high winds. And then it's going to go back out, looks like, into the Atlantic, and then to make a left-hand turn somewhere north Georgia into uh, South Carolina. So they got a lot to deal with. Uh, Democrats who are calling Ian Karma for sending illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard, just stop it. You, you, you really are making yourself sound stupid which most Democrats, most radical Democrats are, are pretty stupid anyway. But this is just, you know, hearing that discussion on MSNBC and CNN, well, this is exactly what karma is like when a governor of Florida sent illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard. Of course you knew they were going to get something bad happen to them, and this is it right here. This is their karma. You, you, you people are just dumb. You really are stupid. You, you realize that, right? If you actually believe that, you're dumber than I thought you were, and I thought you were pretty stupid. Um, here in Bear County, listen closely. Here in Bear County, a Texas Department of Public Safety trooper hospitalized after being exposed to fentanyl. That's it. There was a vehicle search in Bear County. He's in the hospital. Merely exposure to fentanyl. And folks now... Officials have seized 15,000 fentanyl pills. You've heard me talk about this. In nerds, boxes, and Skittles bags. This is a war. China has declared war on the U.S. In 2019, they did it with COVID, and now they're doing it with fentanyl. They're sending it through the cartels who don't care. They have one thing to do, and that's to make money. That's all they care about. So, yes, they're in liaison with China to kill our children 300 people a day are dying from fentanyl poisoning 300 a day now i don't have to remind you because you're old enough to remember the number was much lower than that when we shut down the country for covid it was less than 300 a day were dying and we closed the country for covid that's the kind of response that we had over covid what what kind of response does this administration does the biden administration have over fentanyl absolute silence the president is compromised because of his son's business dealing and, and selling influence to china he's compromised so he's not going to call china on the carpet and he's not going to close the border the, the drug cartels are making billions, $20 billion so far this year on, on Biden's open borders. And our children are dying at a rate of three people are dying. Americans are dying at a rate of 300 per day. What do you think the response would be if a country marched into the United States through Mexico and started killing 300 people a day with guns, bombs, weapons? What would the response be? You know what it would be. Okay, you know what it should be. But the response now is zero. And we know where it's coming from. We know the origins. We know how it's getting in here. And there's zero response. 300 people a day so far. 
And that number's going to go up now that they're finding it in boxes of nerds and Skittles and folks have alternate Halloween plans for your kids. I know of people who are just having a small Halloween in the backyard with some friends over that they know, and the kids are going to trick-or-treat in the backyard. I don't know. I don't know what you need to do. I'm not your parent. You are. But figure out what you're going to do for Halloween. Because, listen, here's the problem. Your kid brings home a box of nerds or Skittles or whatever, and that mess is down in there. Think about that Bear County Sheriff. All he did was touch it, and he's in, he's in, uh, he's in the hospital. So moms and dads who open those boxes to check, see if it's okay candy, you could end up in the hospital. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. FM 107.1. Teetering on the brink of being a Cat 5. That's what Ian is right now at 155 mile per hour winds. Just need a little bit more and it'll be a Category 5. That's the highest category, the strongest category that you can get when it comes to a hurricane. That's what Katrina was as Katrina went into uh, New Orleans. So that's what the people uh, on the western side of uh, Florida are facing right now. Uh, basically, most of Florida has shut down, anticipating the arrival in just a few hours as it begins to move on shore. It's been raining in Florida already, right, because these storms are monumentally huge. So it's already been raining in Florida. I spoke with my friend, Ross Alexander. Uh, I called him Rooster. He's out there in Lakeland, which is halfway between Tampa and Orlando. They've been hunkered down. He's been through so many of these, he can't even count. And by the way, he's been saying that Ron DeSantis has done a phenomenal job preparing the state of Florida for this. So Democrats, get a life. Um, you, you guys have been criticizing him, and the media has been saying, well, Florida's not ready. Ron DeSantis hasn't gotten Florida ready. B.S. Florida is ready, as ready as you can be for this kind of occurrence. Uh, it's very difficult to get ready for something like this, but they're, they're as ready as they can be. Um, they are now looking at the eye of the storm which has the you know the most power that eye wall uh, the highest winds uh, going in somewhere around the Fort Myers Sarasota area so somewhere south of Tampa down to that area beautiful homes beautiful beaches on that side of Florida and of course the storm surge is anticipated to be unbelievable as you as you look at a map and you look down on these storms it is the right hand side that's the most dangerous because these storms move counterclockwise and when they move counterclockwise like that they're dragging the wind at 155 miles an hour right now is dragging all this water on shore and that's where you get these storm surges and they're talking in some of these areas now on the right hand side of the storm the storm surge could be up to 15 feet Imagine a wall of water 15 feet high coming right at you. That's exactly what the people in Florida are going to be dealing with. And then, um, again, you got that whole cone thing, so any of this can change at any time. Going to weaken when it comes on shore, as they typically do, because the stuff on shore starts to tear it apart. Uh, and head on up close to the Orlando area. Disney World is closed today and tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if that's going to be extended maybe into into Friday because they're talking about anywhere between 15 to 20 inches of rain going with this storm. And they've already pulled the Artemis rocket off the launch, uh, launch pad out in, uh, in uh, the Cape, moved it into their facilities to keep it from you know being knocked over and destroyed. And then it goes back out over water. In the Atlantic, and then it's out there and makes a left-hand turn and comes back onshore. And again, all this can change. Okay, this is way, way away, but it comes back onshore, North Georgia, and into South Carolina in a couple of days. So it's going to be a rough few days. Uh, this storm is basically the entire size of Florida. That's basically it. Uh, the power, of course, is around that eye wall. That's where most of the wind is. That's where the the heaviest of the storm is. But even out with those feeder bands and everything, they're out, you know, uh, from the eye. Uh, as I said, my friends in Tampa, they've already received a couple of inches of rain in the past day. And it's going to be more and more of that as time goes on. Uh, flights in and out of uh, a lot of Florida have already been canceled. The airport over in Orlando is basically shut down. It is shut down. So this is what they're dealing with over there, and we're continuing to follow it closely here. We'll get you updated uh, as much as we can as time goes on. 
uh, during the entire process of what they're dealing with over there. We do have San Antonians over there. Uh, folks from our power companies have gone in this area, in this region, have gone over there to help. Governor DeSantis has already pre-positioned more than 30,000 linesmen to get on, th- get up there and get the power restored as quickly as possible because that's what people will be dealing with. Uh, so they've got to keep the power going. People need their medicines and all that kind of thing. So he's got all that pre-positioned. They have about 167 shelters that are opened. And regardless of what Joe Biden said yesterday, they are going to be taking care of people regardless of their vaccination status. The president said yesterday, the most important thing you can do to prepare for a hurricane is to get vaccinated against COVID-19. That's one of the dumbest, most dumbass things I've ever heard anybody say in my life. But Joe Biden's a dumbass. Sorry to say it that way. He's a dumbass. And he said yesterday, the most important thing you do is go get vaccinated against COVID. Well, Ron DeSantis answered that and said, I don't care if you're vaccinated or not. We will take care of you. All right. The weaponized Justice Department under Merrick Garland has been targeting everyday American citizens. What does that mean? Well, a former assistant director to the FBI will tell us coming up next. I want to tell you about my friends over at Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat, and AC. Quarter Moon is your company to call if you ever have an AC issue or if you need an entire new AC system or you need to have your heating system checked out before the cold weather gets here and it's on its way. It'll be here, right, several weeks from now. And so you want to make sure that you are ready for that, whatever those cold winter nights are going to be. Uh, It's going to be expensive to heat your home this year. We have all kinds of warnings about that from folks in the know. So now is the time to prepare for all that. And if you ever have a plumbing issue, any time of the day or night, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're there on the weekends, nights, it doesn't holidays, it doesn't matter. Quarter Moon is ready to get you a truck and an expert in that field to deal with it. Might be a master plumber. Could be an AC tech that understands what's going on with your AC. Whatever it is, whatever it is you need, Quarter Moon is here to make sure you get what you need and not a salesman. They're not going to send a salesman out there to try to sell you something you don't need, okay? Quarter Moon is on the job and ready for you at any time. Their phone number is 210-651-5899. Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat, and AC. Sunny and mild and nice around here for the remainder of this week. 90-ish or so for your highs. Right now, it's 60 at KTSA. And my name's Trey Ware, KTSA. Trey Ware page, KTSA.com, and the news page, KTSA.com as well. I've been chronicling on this show the corruption that I believe exists, the highest levels of the Department of Justice, and how the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland has been weaponized for political opponents to be used against political opponents of this current administration. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that because I talk with people inside of the FBI and other places as well. Yes, I know agents. And I know agents that are really mad at what's going on with the political appointees at the upper echelon of the Department of Justice and the FBI. We're not talking about the men and women who are out there working hard to keep us safe every day. That's not who we're talking about. In fact, those folks, more than 20 of them, are now going for whistleblower status, and they're talking. Some of them are talking with the media openly. Some of them are still maintaining their anonymity and speaking with members of Congress. But when you have parents called domestic terrorists by the Department of Justice simply for going to a school board meeting and expressing their concerns about what's going on in the schools, when you have a man, this is another story that happened last Friday, a man who uh, was a protester against abortion and would go pray on the sidewalk and his 12-year-old son, I told you the story, his 12-year-old son was being harassed by one of the pro-abortion folks, so the man pushed the, the guy out of the way. The, the, the people who investigated this, the local authorities investigated it, found absolutely no crime was involved. The case went out. It was done. There was no further investigation into it until Merrick Garland became the head of the Justice Department, and Merrick Garland sent the FBI and about 20 to 25 agents to the man's home on Friday with guns to terrorize their seven children and haul daddy off in handcuffs. All they had to do was call. I had Mike Lindell on the show a couple of weeks ago, and Mike told us the story about how he was sitting at a hard D's, and here they come, and blocked him in with their cars and jumped out, took his phone away from him, looking through the pillow man's phone. He said right here on this show, you heard him. If you didn't hear it, it's on the podcast. More than happy to surrender my phone. They could have just called me, called my attorney, let me get my hearing aid stuff off there, and I would have surrendered my phone. So what is going on at the Department of Justice and the FBI? 
Well, Chris Swecker is a former FBI assistant director, and he's joining me now on the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. Chris, thank you for your time this morning. Good morning, Trey. I appreciate you being here. What, um, what is going on over there? Well, you have to understand how, how the Justice Department works. I mean, they have, I counted up, I think, 25 political appointments. They head up, political appointments head up every department or major, major department in the Department of Justice. The FBI is a bureau under the Department of Justice, and technically the FBI director reports to the, uh, to the Attorney General. But the FBI director has a 10-year term, so that, that was an effort to take the FBI out of politics. But it's very hard for the FBI to push back when you have these these ideologues running the show. So hey, I'm not I'm not taking the FBI leadership off the hook, but there are some very aggressive ideologues at the Department of Justice pushing pushing a particular agenda that's that's led by the administration. When the president comes out and stands in front of a red wall with the Marines behind him and he says Republicans, basically his political opponents are a threat to the country, that's a message very clear that's taken up by Merrick Garland and those political appointees at the Department of Justice, isn't it? It is. Uh, you know, it's, it's weaponizing, basically, the, the law enforcement agencies, not just the FBI, but all the other agencies under the Department of Justice or under the administration. The Department of Homeland Security is probably one of the most political agencies in, in government right now. You, just, you know, it's, I, I've, not, I've not seen this during my tenure in the FBI, almost 25 years in the FBI at every level. I, I just, you know, it's I, I, sad for myself and others who served to see this happening. I hear from other agents, retired agents, current agents, as you do, and, and they are very, they're, they're disgusted with, with the way that the, uh, the FBI is being used right now. And, and more than 20 of them are now pushing back. It could be a higher number than that. We just don't know about them. are pushing back with whistleblower status to say what right. is going on inside this uh, department. But let's just take one of these cases, the case from last year, when the parents went to the school board in Virginia, and sure, they got loud, you bet, because the school board had been telling them, you can't talk, we don't want to hear from you. And they were not only complaining about the curriculum, but they were complaining most about it. And this started with a daddy whose daughter had been allegedly raped, and I don't think it's alleged at this point, I think it's been proven, raped in the bathroom by a guy, one of the boys who was put in there by the school board, uh, dressing like a girl and you know was uh, uh, claiming to be transgender and then he was transferred to another school and apparently did it again and so the, yeah the parents showed up at the school board but then when Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice and the FBI got involved suddenly the parents who went to the school board meeting they were the domestic terrorists and it all started with a letter from the administration that, and, and the Department of Justice that went down to the folks in Virginia then they wrote a letter back to the Department of Justice calling those parents a domestic terrorist organization is this what these groups are supposed these agencies that are there to serve us chris is this what they're supposed to be doing absolutely not uh you know any objective observer if you looked at at the fbi and the department of justice over the last three or four years i mean i think it started under jim comey yeah who came from the department of justice you see that anyone who's to the right of the political spectrum who steps out and, and asserts their, you know, their First Amendment rights or, or it just seem is, is at, let's say, at odds with the Biden administration or the current administration. They get dealt with aggressively with the most draconian uh, FBI tools or investigative techniques, SWAT teams, search warrants, FISA, you know, all of those techniques that are reserved for the, the arch criminals, if you will organized crime, gangs, et cetera. If you're to the left of the political spectrum, you pretty much get kid gloves. If you look at the summer of 2020, where entire city blocks were taken over and courthouses were burned, police stations were taken over, there was, there was uh, violence in the streets, there were arson, uh, over, I think over a thousand police officers were assaulted, and you hear crickets when it comes to prosecutions. So, you know, Hillary Clinton was a, was a kid gloves investigation. 
it went nowhere because they didn't want it to go anywhere. Same thing with Hunter Biden. I, you could you could tally this up, you know, on, on both sides of the political spectrum, and you see that anything to the right just gets dealt with very aggressively. Yeah, and usually you end up in chains and hauled off, and maybe in in front of your house in your underwear if you're in Trump's orbit. That's what happens when the FBI comes calling in the middle of the night. When all of those people that were treated that way. All of them said, all you had to do was call, and I would have surrendered. Right. Isn't that That's typically, right. and you're, in your 25 years, it, with the exception of, say, the, the hardened gangbangers and all those guys, the mafia and all that, isn't that typically how people are treated? They get a phone call, or their attorney gets a phone call and says, hey, you know, we need you to surrender on such and such day. Why, why do you think? Is it optics, or what are they trying to, what point are they trying to prove by coming and beating the doors down, coming in with guns, ready to go, terrorizing children in the home, and hauling these people out with handcuffs? Harmless people. They weren't going to do anything. Right. I mean, you're supposed to use the least intrusive method to get the job done. That's in the, that's in the FBI procedures. It's in the law. It's in the Attorney General guidelines. So, and I served on a SWAT team in Miami. We went, I went on many SWAT operations. But the SWAT, an armed arrest at dawn are reserved for the worst of the worst. Right. The people are armed, aren't considered to be armed and dangerous. And you have information to show that they're armed and dangerous because the, the, you know, you don't, you don't, it invites an incident. If you come in hard and fast on people who don't, you know, that, that are not hardened criminals. So in this case with, with how I think they could have just, called him in or just put the cuffs on him on the street in front of the abortion clinic and just quietly walked him away. Yeah, you know. I, I, I don't understand it. I've heard from judges. I've heard from police chiefs across the country. People who I know are, are, great, are have always been supporters of the FBI, and they are scratching their heads saying, what is going on? Well, clearly it's being used for political purposes against political opponents. That's clearly what's going on here. And it's starting with Merrick Garland and 22 now, and growing number right. of Republican lawmakers are saying he needs to come testify under oath. Uh, as if that means anything, because many of them come testify, whether it's Fauci or any of those others, and they come and lie under oath and nothing ever happens to them. But let me just leave it with this, Chris. I, I have been sitting here watching this for quite some time because we have a local Bear County sheriff who is weaponizing his organization against Ron DeSantis, again, a political opponent for political purposes. It's not his jurisdiction to investigate what DeSantis may or may not have done in flying those folks to the vineyard. That That's absolutely uh, in purview and, and jurisdiction yeah. of, of Merrick Garland. But it started with the IRS under Obama with Lois Lerner, and now it's expanded to the entire Department of of Justice. Where does all this go, and where does it end, in your estimation? Well, unfortunately, you have to get these people out of office. Uh, You know, I I, I have to say I've served, again, for 25 years. I served under many attorney generals. They were political, but I never saw the FBI allow themselves to be used as a political weapon, and I think you have to you have to get somebody in the FBI who's going to push back. Number one, and I think you, we have to change the administration because they they are more than willing and are chomping at the bit to to politicize and use these agencies as those political weapons. It's sad to see, but I don't think I've ever seen it during my. I never saw it during my tenure. Well, thank God for these 20-plus whistleblowers who are now telling the truth. And thank God that Merrick Garland never made it to the Supreme Court. Uh, Chris Swecker, the uh, former uh, former assistant director of the FBI. Sir, I appreciate you and your time, and I hope you'll come back and be on the show again. Thank you. Have a good day. All right, so quick break. Coming right back, we're going to go to Florida and speak with my friend uh, John Hayward from Breitbart.com. He joins us every Wednesday at this time. We talk politics, but this time we're going to talk politics and weather. Coming up, Trey Ware, KTSA. Carrier, turn to the experts. AirtronSA.com. Trey Ware here, KTSA. Trey Ware page at KTSA.com. My conversation with former FBI Assistant Director Chris Sweeker will be on my page about 8 o'clock this morning. And this conversation with John Hayward will also be there. John and I visit every Wednesday at this time. We talk about politics. But this time we're going to start with the weather because he's in uh, Fort Myers. This is where John and I talk every day. And he's right in the direct path of what is now turning in quickly to a Cat 5 hurricane. Right now, 155 mile per hour winds. John, uh, how are things there right now? 
Well, right at the very moment, it's not too bad. We had some heavy rain overnight, but we're really only just starting to feel it over the next couple hours is when we're really going to come into the area of effect. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I think they're telling us the storm surge is the most likely danger in our area, and actual landfall will be some distance north of us. But we're going to get a lot of rain, and the water level is going to rise, so our coastal communities are in trouble. Aren't you at high tide as well? Yeah, yep, unfortunate bit of timing. You can never really control these things, but that's going to be a factor. Well, Amy Klobuchar says if you vote Democrat, they'll be able to stop the hurricanes. We'll get into all that politics stuff in just a couple of minutes. What type of preparations have you made, and where are you right now? What's going on? Well, everybody's got their storm shutters up. That's an important thing to do because of the potential for wind damage. And you try to get away from the low-lying areas. We have evacuation orders in effect for all the places that are closer to the beach where the water level will rise and cause likely flooding. We have shelters open. Basically, people move away from the coast as the uh, storm surge becomes a possibility. And then they started telling us to start sheltering in place. They really don't want people on the roads, even though it's not too bad right now because it's going to come pretty quickly when it gets here. I spoke with a friend of mine from the Tampa. He's really in Lakeland area, so he's halfway between Tampa and Orlando, and he said I-4 has just been jammed with traffic. Yeah, that's nor- that's normal. It seems like people, a lot of people wait till the last minute. Some people kind of run away when maybe it would have been safer to shelter in place. It really is just important to pay attention to the advisors. If they tell you to evacuate, you absolutely should, and you shouldn't wait. Just do it as quickly as the order comes in, because you don't want to be caught in a traffic jam when a hurricane rolls over you. I cannot imagine sitting there waiting for a 15-foot storm surge of water headed my direction can you give us the lay of land there the guy who used to own this station a long time ago he built a beautiful home there in fort myers actually on an island just off the coast of fort myers and uh i I, i'm sure that people here don't really know the lay of the land all that well how close is downtown the the population do people live on the beach itself Uh, you know what kind of population are we talking about in the way of this storm yeah, the, I think they've said there's something like a quarter of a million people that live in the beach area here, which is an island. Our, our beach is actually like an island or reef that you get to by bridges and one land approach, and that's been evacuated. We also have a couple of islands called Sanibel and Captiva that are very pricey resort communities, remote islands. Those have been evacuated because they, they always get flooded really badly. And then as you start moving inwards towards the coast, you have areas that are more and less prone, prone to flooding based on their elevation. So when a storm surge hits, they project the water's going to come in and certain areas will get deeper than others just based on the elevation of the land, which is really flat around here. We don't really have hills. Everything's quite flat. It's just a question of whether you're 10 feet over or 10 feet under the, the line where the storm's going to hit. That's why most of the houses around here tend to be built on, on built-up little hills to try to give them some protection from flooding. Um, you, you know, my affection for Governor Ron DeSantis, I started calling him my president you know, quite some time ago. There is a narrative. This is kind of going to transition now into the political side of things, and we'll see if you get cut off. You know, during the weather, they didn't cut, they didn't get cut off. Let's see what happens now. We transition into politics real quick here, but um, I, you know, the the narrative that's being put out on MSNBC and CNN and the typical usual group. A couple of things. First of all, Democrats are calling Ian karma karma for sending illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard, and they're also saying that uh, Florida's not prepared under Ron DeSantis. He's done a horrible job. Uh, getting Florida ready. So let me have you uh, address not the first one because the first one's just stupidity. The second one, you've been through these storms before. Is he doing a good job uh, getting Florida ready? From all indications, yeah, everything is being done as it should be. I haven't heard anybody here actually say that anything's not being done. That sounds like a media storyline they're cooking up. I really, I've watched the coverage, and I have to tell you, I really see some of these Democrat reporters, left-wingers, they're hoping for a slaughter. They're, they're literally sitting there hoping our state gets destroyed because it will help them politically, and they don't really think any further than that. It's, it's nauseating to watch. I guess it's not surprising. That's what the left has degenerated into. These people that say it's karma for sending illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard, those are religious fanatics. They make claim they're atheists, but they're religious fanatics. Politics is their religion, and they're ready to make blood sacrifices to it. And that, that mentality is so incredibly dangerous. A moment like this is a moment for people to come together. But as Governor DeSantis pointed out, I think last night, President Biden hasn't been in touch with him. I mean, pure pettiness, pure politics, or maybe Biden's non-compostment that you never know when he disappears. Is he incapable of public speaking during that time? But for whatever reason, Joe Biden's not doing his job. Yeah. Ron DeSantis is. He finally got in touch with DeSantis late last night. They did have a very brief uh, conversation, and 
Joe had been in touch with several mayors throughout the state. He was trying to avoid DeSantis because he doesn't want to have anything to do with him. And and the the reporter, one of the reporters that was saying, you know, that you guys are not prepared and you're not ready. DeSantis did a whole Trump thing on him. That's fake news. He said, you know what? I'm a political figure. You can come after me as hard as you want to. But these people lined up behind me. They represent tens of thousands of hardworking folks throughout this state who have been preparing for this for over a week now, you know, getting assets in place and everything. You do not besmirch them. I'm a political guy. If you want to come after me, that's fine. Leave these people alone. So that's exactly the kind of fight that America is looking for. It is. And after something like this, you know there's going to be damage. The storm is huge. There's just no way we're going to get out of this without some things being damaged, probably some people being hurt. It's sad, but it's true. And that's where the post-storm spin is going to come into play. And it has after every natural disaster for years now. These things have all become political battlegrounds, and people yell about this and that, and they nitpick, and things could have been done differently. But as far as anybody can see from right here, we're as ready as we can be. It's just here it comes, and it's huge. Yeah. I'm going to get back to that in just a second, but I have to address your piece in Breitbart.com and the Nordstrom uh, pipeline and what happened there and how we are uh, looking at this incredible story about a pipeline that is supplying, well, of course, it had been shut off, but it still was full of methane gas, had been supplying Europe with what they needed for power from from Russia. Uh, Tucker last night, you've got a great piece on it in in Breitbart.com, and Tucker talked about it last night, and he went back and he pulled up the tape of Biden saying, prior to the Ukrainian war with Russia, if Russia invades and gets involved there, the Nord Stream 2 is going to go away. I'm going to get rid of it. And now you've got what looks very close to, if not sabotage, it, you know, what else could have done that, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's really little question, I think, that it was sabotage. I think there's an emerging consensus from everybody observing it, all the Europeans, Sweden, Norway, everybody who is monitoring the area. They all say this had to be sabotage. It was too rapidly timed, both pipelines. They've detected what sounded like undersea detonations. So now the question is, who did it? And the suspect list for this crime is longer than murder on the Orient Express. Like, you know, anybody and everybody seemed like they had a reason for doing it, from Russia to environmentalists to Joe Biden. And, you know, that's that soundbite is going to come back to haunt him. And we're back to the Zen question of does anything Joe Biden says actually matter? I mean, should you pay attention to any words that come out of his mouth? Is he is he in his right mind when he speaks? What did he really mean when he said that? But he sure as heck sounded like he was threatening to blow it up. I mean, I, I can see where people are coming from that interpretation. And if that's true, I mean, I, I don't know if it's true. We're all speculating here. But if that's true, it not only is impeachable, he belongs in a prison cell. And the, the amount of damage that was done by this explosion, I just can't believe that American soldiers would follow that order from him. You know, they environmental damage from this is catastrophic and it's going to pollute the Baltic Sea and that whole area. The pipeline wasn't running, there wasn't gas being actively pumped through it, but it was full of gas and all that gas is leaked out. There's a danger of an explosion, there's maritime navigational hazards. That all is the kind of sloppiness you expect out of Russia and and maybe out of a wacko environmental group, but hopefully not out of the U.S. military. I really, really would hate to live in a world where that turns out to be what happened. Not to mention the retaliation from the Russians as well for blowing up the pipeline. Not to mention that. and the Europeans. The Europeans yeah. are vowing to, to retaliate for this. And I mean, if it turned out the United States did it and Europe retaliates against us, I mean, the, the course of human history will change if that's what happened. So I really hope that isn't the case. I also hope Europe stops being dependent on Russia for yeah. gas. I mean, they, yeah. they were foolish to be so. They were foolish to give up their own production capability. I hope they've learned that painful lesson, but they've got a long, hard winter ahead of them, and it's going to teach it to them. Well, not coincidentally, on the same day that the t- pipeline blew up, uh, the Baltic pipeline came online. Listen, I, I'm, I'm going to get off politics and just wish you all the best uh, thinking about you praying for you uh, all of our listeners are doing that praying for everybody in florida and particularly in the in the path of this now very very dangerous storm teetering on being a, a cat five as it comes ashore and i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on hold so elaine can talk to you again but if you guys need anything out there you guys holler at us okay thank you very much we really appreciate it thank you john john hayward and please do say a prayer for him and for his family he's right there in the path of this very dangerous storm we'll take a quick break come right back trey Ware, ktsa if you're your hotline if you'd like to say the pledge of allegiance just speak it right into your phone and record it send it to me trey at ktsa.com trey t-r-e-y ktsa.com kamala harris is going to the border yay kamala harris is going to the border the border of Korea. She's going to the DMZ. <laughs> Anything to not come to the border here is the border czar, because if you come to the border here is the border czar, then you're going to have to do something about fentanyl that's coming across. It's a mass poisoning. 
Obviously, China has declared war on the United States again, as they did with COVID. Images showing rainbow-colored fentanyl disguised as Skittles and Nerds candy. Folks, Halloween's coming. This is not about building a base of customers. This is about murdering children. On average, a minimum of 300 people are dying every day in the United States from fentanyl poison. It's coming out of China. It's going right over into the cartels. The cartels are shipping it in here because the border is wide open. To give you a comparison, when less than 300 a day were dying from COVID, we shut down the country. We, we mobilized the entire force of the United States, everything against COVID. To give you another example, if a standing army were to march up from Mexico, from any country on planet Earth, and start slaughtering 300 Americans per day, you would think that our administration and our country would respond with force against that army, correct? Overwhelming force against that army. Because 300 people would be dying every day in American streets, and you would see it on the evening news. But because Joe Biden's policies have visited this upon us by having an open border, they're not going to do squat. They're not going to say squat. And because Joe is compromised with China because his son's dealings with China, selling influence there, selling access to Papa, the big guy in China, well, he's compromised. So he's not going to say anything to China. He's not certainly not going to cut off business with China, as Ron DeSantis has done in Florida. He's not going to do it. He's compromised. A minimum of 300 per day dying on the streets of the United States. And now they're putting it in boxes of nerds. They're putting it in Skittles candy sacks, and they're selling it online to our children. Listen, Halloween's coming. I'm not going to tell you I'm not your daddy. You know, Halloween's coming. I know people who are having their own Halloween in the backyard with people that they know and trust. You got a Bear County Sheriff deputy right now in the hospital for merely opening the package of this stuff. Had to be given Narcan. He's in the hospital right now. Now, what happens now? I, you know, when our kids were trick or treating, I checked every bit of candy that came in the door. What happens if you open a box of nerds and that stuff's in there? Oh, DPS trooper, not Bear County. Thank you, DPS trooper. I want to correct that. DPS trooper. Uh, is in the hospital, but in Bear County. He's in the hospital here. This is what we're facing. Meanwhile, in other news, Pastor Mark Driscoll, a church out in Arizona, he's got a sermon series he's doing right now about real men. It's a good series as far as I can tell. I've listened to uh, one or two of the sessions of it. Suspended from TikTok. Why? Because in the sermon series, he says, men can't have babies. TikTok sent him a notification and said, that's a violation of our standards and procedures. Because, of course, everybody knows that men have babies all the time. And they breastfeed. Back in just a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA.